Amen. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles this morning, I would like for you to turn with me to 1 John chapter number 3. One of the things that's interesting, um, when I'm out and about and run into different people and see different ones, and it was not uncommon from this past week in the funeral service that we were involved in and had a part in um, the life of David Ellenberg and... Um, but I had an opportunity while I was up in Mississippi at the at the graveside to talk to some of the family uh, while I was there. Um, and it, it's not just from them. Um, it's from others that um, I run into. And, and, and one of the things that I'm, 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 I'm telling you this for this reason, okay, uh, not for you to think we're some um, magical place here or to think that we're it's some level, okay, uh, that absolutely no one else is, but I will say this to you. One of the things that I hear over and over and over again is just about how loving of a church family that we have here at Ascension Baptist Church. Um, and from the standpoint of, and, and I know sometimes, you know, you know, I hear, I hear this, I said, I hear this a lot, okay. I love them to death, but they call me every week. Sometimes twice a week, and I said, Hallelujah. I said, Praise the Lord. And they said, But it's okay. I just don't need them to call me that often. Uh, I, I'm okay. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I, I think one of the things that, that, that we're able to, to, to be a part of here at this church and in this work is something that you have to work at. It, it is something that comes as a result of our relationship that we have with the Lord Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, Jesus in his high priestly prayer in John chapter 17, one of the things that Jesus prayed for over his disciples was this, that they would love each other just as he had loved them and the relationship that they had, but they would love each other. And here's the reason for that, is so that those on the outside would see that they were in fact followers of Jesus Christ because of the love that they had for each other. See, oftentimes we don't understand and realize that the world's watching what's going on. And one of the worst things that can happen is when uh, things that are not good when things that just should not be a part of who we are gets aired out there in, in front of everybody in their brother, whether it's social media or the media, whatever it may be, that it gets aired out there in, in that manner. As a church family, one of the things that we should guard more than anything else is the love that we have with each other. Now, I'm not saying that we're all going to get along with each other. And I'm not going to dare stand up here on this platform and think that everybody just absolutely loves me and embraces me, okay? Because we have personalities. All of us do. And from time to time, one of the things that we're going to do is we're going to let each other down. Unintentionally, unintentionally, but sometimes those things happen. But if we have the love that we should have for each other, then one of the things that ought to be able to happen is for us to be able to sit down and talk about it. And to talk about it in the right frame of mind and in the right manner. Because I will say this, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ and you in fact in that relationship love him and he loves you, 
then one of the things that we ought to do, and we're commanded to do this, and that's to have love for the brethren and to love each other. No matter what no matter what may happen. And sometimes, I will say this, sometimes things just come up that we need to just kind of go separate ways, but we don't have to go separate ways without at least making sure that we're okay with each other and we still love each other. And sometimes things just happen in our lives, changes come, things happen in our lives. Sometimes it just weighs part sometimes. It's, it's the way that it is. And, and I'm going to tell you something. And people often wonder, well, you know, what happens when things change in people's lives and 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 people leave ascension baptist church i'm not going to stand here and say this morning that that that's something that is pleasant for us to deal with it's not okay and matter of fact we hate to see anybody we we've had several folks move off okay you hate to see that happen you hate to see and and here's one of the things that we struggle with more than anything else probably is sometimes god works in people's hearts and lives and he leads them in different directions and we wonder well why okay well why can't you do it here well because god didn't leave me here to do it here he's taking me somewhere else okay one of the things that we ought to do is celebrate that in somebody's life listen one of the things that i think we lose sight of we're a family here or supposed to be matter of fact we're part of the kingdom of christ so how should we live how should we function as a citizen of the kingdom well jesus himself went through in the sermon on the mount in matthew chapter number five he gives you the beginning of the sermon on the mount he goes through this is the way you should behave and act inside of the kingdom as a citizen of the kingdom well john here in first john chapter number three carries it a little bit further and i want us to go to first john chapter 3 verse 1 through verse number 2 and and i want you to notice what john writes and and before we read that i just i want to share this with you you know john calls for attention here in this passage of scripture and reflection upon the amazing love that god has bestowed upon his children have you ever just let me ask you a question have you ever stopped and thought about that have you ever thought about that the god who created all of the universe how in the world could this one that created all of the universe created mankind created everything that we're part of today how in the world could that god love me so and are you ready for this he knows you by name he knows you individually and the reason for that is because god is a relational being and God is personal and that is one of the things that sets God apart God is personal we can approach God on our own we don't have to have anyone anybody else to get to God through we can go directly to the throne of God himself with confidence knowing that whatever we bring to him in searching for grace and mercy that it will be available to us because of something else though it's because of the relationship that we have with jesus christ you see when we come to the throne of grace when we come to find help in the time of need when the confidence that we have to approach the throne of god it comes not in us it comes not in who we are but it comes solely in the relationship that we have through jesus christ himself and so therefore we can go boldly to the throne of grace because when god looks at us he sees the, the righteousness of his son jesus christ not ours because our righteousness is his filthy rags 
We have no standing before him apart from Jesus Christ. And so in 1 John chapter 3, notice what John writes for us. He said, see how great a love, how great a love has the Father for you and I. I, I mean, I, I don't think we could ever exhaust that. I don't think forever in our finite minds we will ever be able to come to the point that we fully comprehend and understand how great a love the Father has for us. When we consider the magnitude of that love that he sent his own son to die on the cross for you and I, how in the world could that be? How in the world could that happen? And so when we consider this love and this great love that God has bestowed upon us, John goes on to write, see how great a love the Father has bestowed on us. That we should be called the children or the sons of God. That's who we are. That we should be called the children of God. Do you understand that today in that special relationship that we have with God, the Father, through the Lord Jesus Christ? That's a special relationship. Let me ask you a question. How much of us guard that relationship? How much of us, how many of us spend the time and the energies to guard that relationship that we have with him? And to make sure that we spend the time that is necessary to spend with him. The time that he desires to spend with us. And I've said this many times from the pulpit. God prepares a table for us, for you and for me as believers. He prepares a table for us every single day. And you say, how in the world do you know that? Well, the scripture says his mercies are new every morning. Every single morning, God prepares a table for us. And are you ready for this? He is there every single time. And how many of us are there? How many of us spend that time with him? How many of us come to the point that we get so busy or we get so wrapped up in things that we absolutely miss out on the most important time of spending fellowship with the Father? And understanding the relationship that we have with him. And John goes on to write. He said, and such we are. For this reason, the world does not know, doesn't say doesn't know him. What does it say? Doesn't know us. In other words, they can't figure us out. They have a hard time understanding who we are. Let me ask you a question. You ever have anybody have a hard time understanding who you are? In your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? They, they do. They think sometimes they think you're crazy. They think you've lost your mind. How in the world can you believe in that God? How in the world can you believe in a God that allows this? Or how in the world can you believe in a God that does this? You mean you believe that book? You know that book's just full of myths and tales and everything. Is it? Oh, by the way, you know it's full of contradictions. You know it's full of errors. I'm glad you asked that question. Let me ask you a question. You ever read it through from cover to cover? How do you know it's got errors in it? Did you go through and read it yourself? Did you go through and compare it yourself? All of these questions, because they don't understand who we are in the relationship that we have with the Father. And here's the reason why. Because they didn't know Him. That's where the disconnect comes. And that's why they have such a difficulty. And then in verse number 2, he says, Beloved, and one of the things I want you to understand, he is writing to believers here. To those who have a relationship with Jesus Christ, he says, Beloved, now we are the children of God, and it has not appeared as yet what we will be. But here's one of the things I can tell you. 
but when he appears we'll be what we'll be like him we will be like him because we will see him as he is you ever wondered about that you ever wondered what that's going to be like let me ask you this have you ever wondered what it's going to be like to see the one who died for you huh have you ever listen have you ever stopped just to consider that have you ever stopped to consider the relationship that we have with the father through his son one day we're going to see him the one who died for us Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friend. And my dear friend, if God loved us so, and matter of fact, one of the things that John speaks about here, let us not love in word and in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Being a child of God, when you read John's letters, 1 John, and when you, when you go through and read all the chapters of 1 John, being a child of God stirs with inside of John a sense of wonder, awe, and amazement. Let me ask you a question. Does it stir that in you today when you consider the love of God for you? Or has that kind of grown cold or old? Is it something that the relationship has become mundane? It's just kind of, yeah, whatever. There's just not much there. Well, my dear friend, one of the things I'd like to share with you, one day it is going to be. And one of the days when we get to see him, and one of the days when we, when we go to where God has prepared for us, imagine the awe and the wonder it will be when we see him. And I'll, listen, I'll give this to you this morning. We have difficulty. We have difficulty understanding the magnitude of that love. And I will tell you why. Because it's skewed from us. We see it through a fleshly perspective. Not through a divine perspective. How in the world could someone love unconditionally in the way that the Father did? How in the way could somebody just... Oh, by the way, Romans chapter 5 and verse number 8, but God commended his love or proved his love to us in that while we were yet a what? A sinner, Christ died for us. Isn't it amazing today also that God doesn't expect you to clean yourself up before he saves you? See, he loves you. And, and he loves you and I for who we are. Not for what we can be or will be, but he loves us for who we are. And then guess what? But he doesn't leave you there. His intent is not to leave you there, but to bring you to the next step. John states that this love is divine in nature. It is a love that originates only with the Father. Use of the word Father in verse 1 of chapter 3. God bestows or imparts permanent and abiding love to his children as a father. Now, it's interesting to see John's use of the word father in verse number one, because here's what it does. It highlights the family relationship that exists and is established strictly and solely by the father's love for us. 
simply and solely matter of fact take your bibles hold your place here in first john 3 and go to uh, romans chapter number 8 romans chapter number 8 Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 14. Romans chapter 8 and verse 14. For all who are being led by the Spirit, all those who are led by the Spirit of God, they're the what? They're the sons of God. Verse 15, For you have not received a spirit of slavery, uh, slavery leading to fear again, but you've received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. Paul writing this to the church at Rome. And notice what he says. Right, Paul, Paul, Paul writing this says, But you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit, that we are the children of God. People ask me all the time, well, Brother Robert, how do you know you're saved? How do you know you belong to God? How do you know that that relationship exists? I'll tell you how it is. It's very simple. Because his spirit bears witness with my spirit that I know that I belong to him. That's how that relationship works. Well, are you ready for this? Someone else told us about this as well. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Galatians chapter number 4. Paul writing again about this same subject. Galatians chapter 4, verse 6 and verse number 7. And I'm going to want you to notice as it kind of changes just a little bit here. Notice Galatians chapter 4 beginning in verse 6 because we are sons because you're a child of God because you belong to the father God has sent forth the spirit of his son the spirit of his son into our hearts crying Abba father you see that therefore you're no longer a slave but you're a what you're a son and if you're a son then are you ready for this? Then you're an heir through God. Whew. Do you realize that? Let's go back to 1 John. You ever, you ever consider the, the, the magnitude of that statement? An heir, a joint heir with Christ? To the things that God has for us? You ever thought about that? <laughs> huh? Some of y'all are looking up here at me like, calf looking at a new gate do you understand what we have because he loves us let me tell you what it ought to do it ought to motivate the way we live how should we see each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. And you ready for this? If you're here this morning and you're a born again child of God, guess what? We're going to spend all of eternity together. So you might as well get ready for it. 
Huh? You ever thought about that? So guess what we ought to do? Practice here. You say, well, wait a minute. When we get there, everything's going to be perfect. Well, there's no reason we can't practice it here, is there? You see, God's love is what transforms us. It's God's love that transforms us as we place our trust and faith in him. And that transforming that takes place in us. And and here's what God did for us as a result of saving us. He gave us the Holy Spirit. We've been called to live a supernatural life that we cannot live on our own. So here's what he did. He gave us the Holy Spirit. When we become a born-again child of God, the Holy Spirit comes and lives with inside of us. Have you noticed all of those instances that we've read this morning? So if we're led by the Spirit, we ought to walk in the Spirit. And because of the relationship of the Holy Spirit with inside of us, we know that we belong to Him because of that relationship. So is the Holy Spirit important? He is. And so therefore, when God saves us, He's not going to leave us where we are. For those whom God did foreknow, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. In other words, God's intent for us through the working of the Holy Spirit of God is to make us more Christ-like. Well, that takes work. And sometimes that work is uncomfortable. The world that we see in verse number 1 that John makes reference to here comes from the Greek word cosmos and here's what it means it refers to the evil humanistic system that's out there that dominates the system and and the world and the life around us hostile order that stands in opposition to God so when John writes for this reason the world does not know us that humanistic evil world that's around us does not know who we are is a result of of what takes place in our hearts and lives therefore it only makes sense then when you think about this that those in the world do not know they don't understand or comprehend those who are born of God it makes absolute sense let me ask you a question why in the world would we ever expect someone apart from God and a sinner who does not know God to look like a way a believer should when we encounter them huh let me ask you a question why is it when a lost person comes in we expect them to don't you know how you ought to behave don't you know how you ought to talk don't you know how you ought to think listen they're lost they're separated from God and until that transformation takes place in their heart regeneration takes place in the heart through the spirit of God There's nothing for them to work from. Because they're trying to do it all on their own. They're trying to do it all in the flesh. You can't do it apart from the Spirit of God. You see, the children of God are radically different from the children of the world. Or at least, wise, they should be. You ought to be able to tell the difference. Huh? Boy, it sure is quiet. 
we ought to be able to tell the difference. As we come to verse number 2, the emphasis that John places on verse number 2 is the fact that we are the children of God. Are you ready for this? We're the children of God here and now. You know, some I, I hear this all the time. Well, when we get to heaven, we'll be there as the children of God. Are you ready for this? If you're a believer this morning, you already are. Amen. You already are. I remember when I was growing up as a boy, I was a perfect angel to my mama. Matter of fact, I never could, I never did any wrong to my mama. Yeah, she, okay. My mom is going home to be with the Lord, okay. And, and in fact, she has, all right. And matter of fact, if my aunt's listening today, okay, which she normally does every Sunday morning during the live stream, they used to refer to me as soft ears. And you ready for this? Here's what they used to do when I was when I was a little fella growing up. I'd go sit up in the lap, and they'd. Uh, and I just want to tell people the reason my ears appear to be large is because they rubbed them that size. <laughs> but that earthly relationship, that earthly relationship that's there how much greater that heavenly relationship that we have with the Father. Huh? You ever thought about that? Now my dad, I used to think my dad was the meanest man that ever walked on the face of the earth. I never could understand why I wasn't allowed to do everything else everybody else was doing. I'd say, well dad, so-and-so is doing it and -and so-and-so is doing it. Matter of fact, I learned to spell my last name better than anybody else could. Because here's what he'd always ask. Well, son, what's your last name? Lawrence. Well, spell it. L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E. He said, that's why you can't do what everybody else does because your last name is Lawrence and you're going to do what I tell you to do. Okay? That's just the way it was. My dad's going home to be with the Lord as well. And I'll see both of them again. And I'll see both of them again because of the relationship that we have through Jesus Christ. And I remember my dad, when I went in to tell him that he had cancer, I had to go tell him. It was tough. It's the toughest thing I ever did. It was right before Christmas. I went and told him he had cancer. And I never will forget the words he said to me. He said, well, son, with tears coming down the front of his face here's what he said he said it really doesn't matter he said because either way if he heals me here or takes me home he said I win either way how do you come how how do you come to that point that way it comes from that relationship that we have because of Jesus Christ with the Father and then at the same time the full extent of what we will be has yet to be revealed. <laughs> Ever wondered about that? I wonder what it's going to be like. I wonder what it's going to be. You see, God has only begun to work in us. 
that will not reach full fruition until the not yet has been fulfilled. When you look at verse number two, notice what John wrote, beloved, speaking to believers, now we're the children of God and it has not appeared as yet, not yet, hadn't appeared as yet, what we will be. Mm -mm -mm. You ever thought about that? You ready for this? But we should live in such a way today of looking forward with great anticipation of what God has for us. While what we will be cannot be fully comprehended now, one thing is known. <laughs> I love this is the best part. Are you ready? Okay. Every time I think about this, it just... I, I, I just, it, it overwhelms me, okay? And I guess probably throughout all of this passage, this is it. Are you ready? We shall be like him. Whew. See, for the child of God, faith always precedes behavior but right behavior is the natural result of the proper relationship that we have with the Father. Therefore, a person's righteousness is the evidence or the result of our new birth, not the cause or condition of it. It comes as the evidence or the result of the new birth not the cause or the condition of it do you love him today do you love him have you ever considered how great the father's love for us the oceans can't even hold the magnitude of that love there's not enough ink there's not enough ink that could ever begin to describe that love. And I mean the list just could go on and on and on because of his great love for us. Amen. If you're here today, and those that are listening online, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, please let me share with this, this with you this morning. God loves you more than you will ever know because he proved that love already to you by dying on the cross for our sin understanding and repenting of that and understanding our sinful nature and who we are and placing our trust and faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ and calling out to him he'll hear us and save us that's who he is Let's stand together with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Brother Red's going to come lead us. I think it is still the invitation hymn this morning. Yep, I already, I knew from the first bar. One of my favorite, I guess. One of my favorite of so many of the songs that we sing. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins 
Sinners plunge beneath that flood. Are you ready? Lose all their guilty stain. Lose all of it. Why? Because of the Father's great love for you and I. Amen. Let's bow our heads together and then Brother Red's going to lead us. Father, we thank you for your great love for us. Father, we thank you for the relationship that we can have with you through Jesus Christ. Father, I pray this morning that you would do in our hearts and lives what only you can. It's not about us. It's all about you. Father, I pray for that one that may be here today that needs Jesus Christ in their life. Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit would allow them to see how much you love them. And so, Father, as we sing these verses of invitation this morning, may our hearts be challenged and encouraged because of their truth. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Brother Red, come lead us. There is a fountain filled with blood. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. Lose all their guilty stains. Lose all their guilty stains. And sinners plunged beneath that flood. Lose all their Stains. The dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day. And there may I, though vile as he, wash all my sins away. All my sins away, wash all my sins away, and there may I, though vile as he, wash all my sins away. We're not done yet, we're not finished. Because I want you to notice this next verse. Dear dying lamb, thy precious blood shall never lose its power. It will never lose its power. The saving power of the precious blood of Jesus Christ will never be exhausted. Amen. I want us to sing this next verse together. And you notice, till all the ransomed church of God be saved to sin no more. I want us to sing this this next verse like we mean it. Okay? I want you just to rear back, okay? And I know some people say, well, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. 
don't worry about it. The Holy Spirit will interpret it for you as you sing. Okay? Let's lift it up together as we sing it this morning, this last verse. Dear dying lamb, thy precious blood shall never lose its power till all the ransom church of God be saved to sin no more be saved to sin no more be saved to sin no Church of God, be saved to sin no more. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. Remain standing for just a moment. As our men come to take the time to take the tithes and offerings today, you may be seated. Our students who are helping with the fundraiser may go. Let me help interpret that. Anybody on the Mission Arlington that needs to help with the fundraiser, you can go and help set up now. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, we come before you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for this time of our worship service where we can give back to you, Father God. Today, I ask, Father, that you would bless the giver, Father God. And that we would be wise and we would further your kingdom with the gifts that are given today, Father God. May you be glorified and may you be lifted up in Jesus' name. Amen.
not saying nothing about the fundraiser yet. Um, for those that don't realize that during COVID, well, every year we do Bible drill, but during COVID, we had two students participate in Bible drill. One of them made it all the way to nationals, represented our church very well, not this past Friday, but the Friday before. I don't remember the exact date in Dallas. Um, he took second place overall in the high school division. We want to recognize Josh Pugh this morning. I said, Josh, how does second place feel? He said, all right, but I beat Chris. Thank you to Miss Rachel for all of her hard work working with our two students. Thank you to Rebecca who represented us at State Well. And thank you for Josh and his competitive nature to beat his brother and bring home second place to Nationals. And all of those who have participated and helped with all of our students uh, throughout Bible drill time here, it's a, special, it's a special time. But our desire is that the Word of God might be hid in our hearts. That as they live life each day, they've got that foundation to draw from. Amen? What a special time. Thank you, Josh. I guess I owe you twice now. Huh? Yeah, that's what I thought. Amen. Let's stand together and... Uh... I'm on. There we go. All right. An email went out yesterday. Here's the dilemma that we had, and here's the conclusion we came to so we don't hurt anybody's feelings. We cooked 200 pounds of pork. It yields about 50%, so I was wrong. I thought I could get 75%, but it only yields about 50%. I have 90 packs of pulled pork. So an email went out yesterday asking everybody to go through the line once and get a pound of pulled pork and a quart of spaghetti. If you want more, wait around, and we will sell everything because we don't want to keep anything, but I want to be fair to everybody to at least have one uh, pound of pork and one pound of... One quart. One quart of um, spaghetti is probably more than a pound of spaghetti. Every spaghetti has two cups of sauce and maybe a little bit more noodles. Our girls got carried away, so some got more, some got a little bit less. But everybody has two cups of sauce in their spaghetti. They're in microwavable containers. You can take them home and warm them up today. Um, but however you want to do it. But please, thank you for your understanding in that because I told some previously that you could buy as many as you wanted, but then when we cooked it, we didn't have as many as we thought we did. All right, so here's what we don't want to have happen. Please do not do, please do, not do this, okay? Please do not run out of here like, okay, don't run over anybody, okay? But you can make your way. Some people are already, they're like, okay. They're ready to go to get it. Uh, we have a, do have a praise this morning. I want to share with the church brother. George VJ was in Sunday school this morning for the first time in a long time. Okay. We praise the Lord for that. And then on top of all of that, brother Jerry. Amen. Brother Jerry is standing right over here this morning. And we praise the Lord for that. Amen. All right. On your mark. Get set. Let's pray. Let's <laughs> Let's pray together. Some folks are wondering about tonight at 5.30. We'll be back uh, with our schedule tonight at 5.30, so we'll see you back. We'll see you back here. Amen? All right. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for your grace and for your mercy. Uh, Father, I pray that you would dismiss us with your love this morning as we depart from this place. And we ask all this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Before you go anywhere, hold on. 
All of our guests this morning, I'd love to meet you personally. I'll be standing right back here in the center of these doors back here. Thank you.